This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. It's your weekly blitz with Chris, keeping you in the game. Hey, good morning, everybody. I hope you've gotten your workout in already this morning and or you're working out now and plan on having a great day. I know I am. Coach Chris Cotton here from Autofix Auto Shop Coaching, where we work hard to support your financial success. As you get into today's episode, you may know someone in your network who can benefit from today's topic. So please take time to share personally or through your social network. As always, if you have an idea for a show topic or just want to talk shop, feel free to get with me at chris at autofixsos.com, okay? Before we get started with episode 52, Raising the Bar in Your Organization, I'd really like to take a quick second to give a shout out and thank our sponsor, AutoLink. Your auto repair business may not be as successful as you want, and a common reason why is because you don't have the right systems and processes in place. This is why I have to tell you about AutoLeap. AutoLeap is a game-changing, easy-to-use, all-in-one shop management software. Many AutoLeap customers have doubled revenue in their first 10 months and reduced admin work by 10-plus hours a week. Going from your current software to AutoLeap is like changing from a flip phone to a smartphone. Check them out at www.autoleap.com to see for yourself. So today I want to talk about raising the bar in your business, taking it to the next level. What, what is next, Chris? I've got margins ready. I've got other stuff ready. What do we do from here? How do we, how do we move this thing forward? Everything that we're going to talk about today goes towards the dreaded C word. Okay, I'm sure you've read articles about the importance of culture to shape the behaviors of your employees. And, and if you plan on moving into a second location, if you plan on moving to a third location, if you plan on sipping margaritas on the beach and letting your business run, you have to have a culture. You have to have the mechanism in place for your employees to succeed and, and feel like they're succeed. How do we do that? Well, first of all, we have to pattern it. Okay, we have to pattern it because we set the example. One of my favorite descriptions of company culture is that it is the invisible hand that shapes team behavior when there is no defined process or system to tell them what to do. They know you're watching. They know Big Brother's out there, and they know they have to do the right thing. And what is the right thing? The culture tells them what the right thing to do is. Understanding the concept of culture doesn't give you a nuts and bolts path to to build it, right? There's no, okay, bing, you have culture. You don't. It has to be built. So I'm going to give you seven leadership habits that I've emphasized with my business coaching clients over the past 10 years. I can't believe I've been doing this for 10 years. They're in part been responsible for why our average business coaching client grows nine times faster than the average repair shop in, in the United States. Okay. So each of these habits is based on the understanding that as a leader, your behavior is one of the most important determinants of company culture. Your team watches everything you do, even when you think no one is looking, everyone is looking. Everyone is always looking. So here's seven leadership habits in order to raise the bar, build the culture you need and want in your business. Okay. Number one, be on time all the time. We have to start with first things first, right? Be on time all the time. The simple behavior shows your team that you take your commitment seriously and live with integrity. Sure, it's easy to slip. Your team always seems willing to wait, but when you make them wait, you're undercutting your credibility with your team. 
The other thing I would tell you, if you're at the meeting and 90% of your people are at the meeting on time, start it on time. Let the people that come in late be embarrassed. Make sure to talk to them about it. It's not acceptable. Okay. We are inductive beings, and that means that we take small slivers of experience and generalize out from them. When you're on time, people interpret that to mean that you have more follow through. And when you hold other people accountable to being on time, that helps as well. When we do exit interviews, one of the number one things that we hear is leadership didn't hold other people accountable. And that means including yourself. You got to hold yourself accountable. Okay. Number two, meet your own deadlines and, and take responsibility for when you can't meet your own deadlines. So not only is it important for you to be on time for meetings and appointments, but you also need to take your own deadlines seriously. So too many companies implement respect in a, in a hierarchy, okay? You expect that your team meets deadlines, but you cut yourself slack. And, you know, after all, it's because you, you, you're the boss, right? So why not? That's BS, man. You are the standard bearer of the business. Everything you do gets propagated throughout your organization. Your example makes a difference. So of course, there's going to be times when you can't make a de- deadline. So, so what? That's life, right? So how you handle those moments matters. Do you rationalize why you didn't meet a stated deadline? You know, nobody's probably going to challenge you, but what message are you sending your team? Instead, own it. So I'm going to step aside here for just a second and be like, have you read the book Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink? The excuses don't matter. Own up to it and move on. Teach your team excuses don't matter. Own up to it and move on. Again, I want to back up. I'm going to say instead own it and get clear on what you learned and what you'll do moving forward. Behave how you want your team to behave even when you're not there to see them do it. Set the example. Number three, Clarify all action items and deliverables in writing at the end of every meeting. So one of the biggest things or one of the biggest reasons things get missed is because they weren't handed off cleanly to begin with. Communication. About 95% of the issues that happen in a repair shop are communication issues. Communication from service advisor to technician, technician to service advisor, service advisor to owner, service advisor to customer. Communication is usually where we drop the ball. Many times the receiving party doesn't know just what they've been asked to do, or in fact, they may not know that they've been asked to do anything at all. Make sure you repeat it. Make sure you ask, is, is, is what I said what was heard? Is what you said what I heard? Okay. So if they didn't know they were asked to do anything at all, you know, hence the need to clarify action items and deliverables in writing. Not only does this make sure that you've captured all your action items, but it's also a powerful way to role model how you want your team to behave. Whenever possible, number the commitments so that they're absolutely clear. At your next meeting, executive committee meeting, something like that, this is, this is what that might sound like. Okay. So, okay, summing up everybody, here's what I've committed to. I've got three action items here for myself. Item one is to review the proposal and make a yes or no decision by this Friday end of business. Item two is to give feedback via email to Carl about the new employee orientation process. And item three is to send out the date of our next quarterly planning session to the team by noon tomorrow. And as you're doing that, write each of them down as your notes as your meeting progresses. And then now you go to the next one. 
Now, Cheryl, I have down that you've committed to two items, et cetera. Teach your team to employ the same skill with, with the rest of their staff, with each other. It's, it's a best practice that companies need to execute and adopt. All right. Number four, clearly state what you can't commit to so that you don't lower the accountability bar in your company by missing a phantom deliverable. Chris, what the hell is a phantom deliverable? Phantom deliverables are those things that the other person thinks you committed to, but you didn't. Communication. As a leader, you need to exhibit great communication by making any phantom deliverables you see come out of a meeting explicit. That way, if you can commit to that deliverable, you do so. And if you can't, you clarify that you're not committing to it. A couple of weeks ago, I did an episode, you know, saying no, how to say no. Episode 38, it's okay to say no. You can say no in your business. There's nothing wrong with it. Make sure that what is said is what is heard and make sure that people know that you didn't commit to that phantom deliverables. Okay. Number five, close the accountability loop. It's one thing to meet your commitments, but it's another to make sure that the other parties involved get that you've done so. So close the loop. As an example, hey, Mark, as promised, here's the proposal due to you tomorrow. Explicitly let them know you're closing the loop so that they don't inadvertently think that you missed your commitment. This also models clean communication for your team. Number six is a big coaching step. When we're, when we're talking about coaching your employees, when we're talking about having great culture, your employees need to learn how to coach each other. And they also need to learn to not come to you and ask for approval for every question. Nine times out of 10, they know the answer to the question, but they just want to be able to come back and say, oh, well, you told me that instead of them making a decision. So we're going to talk about that for just a second. So, so we're, we're trying to stop that. We want people to make decisions and we want them to teach and empower other employees to make decisions. So a team member rushes into your office and says, hey, this car is way behind, not going to get done today. So your first inclination may be to step in and go into command and control mode. Don't do it. Instead, ask your team member a series of questions to help them think the situation through and find his or her own solution. And as you ask those questions, ask them these open-ended questions to get them to come to the, to the resolution on their own. And here's those questions. What do you think is really going on here? My personal favorite is, and what else? Like if somebody talks for five minutes and, and you just look at them, nod your head and go, and what else? Until they stop talking. Okay. Here's another one. What's really at stake here? How do you think you need to handle this? Why? If you couldn't do that, what would you do then? Out of all these possible choices we talked about, what do you think is the smartest way to proceed? Right? So at this point, 80 to 90% of the time, you've coached them to find their own right answer. So not only does this help them develop as a, as a person and contributor, but again, you're role modeling this leadership pattern for your team. Remember it. Okay? You'll be amazed one day to listen to a team member coaching her direct report through the same process to solve this problem, right? Number seven is celebrate progress. I did an episode recently, episode 49, talking about savor the wins. 
and, and again, this is another one. Everyone wants to be part of a winning team. We all feel fulfilled when we are making meaningful progress towards things that matter, right? So why is it that so many times as business leaders, we gloss over victories and instead focus with the team on all the work that's left to do and all the improvements that are left to be done? Example, great work on the project, Jerry, and now you still need to do whatever. We just rolled over the fact that Jerry did a great job and just bowled him over, and and now he still needs to do X. That's not a great way to live, and that's not the team we want to model. So don't mix your acknowledgement with suggestions or questions about next steps. Instead, stop, celebrate the victory, let it sit for a moment, then and only then move on to what has to happen next. Okay, and I would even say save celebrations for special times and then only do that. So celebrating victories just means to pause, see the progress that you've made, savor the moment. And then, and then from this inspired place in your business, you can go on to talk about the work that's still to be done. But stop, stop and savor the wins, okay? That was seven ideas for the leadership or the owners to raise the bar. So now I'm going to go into some ideas for how to help your employees raise the bar, some things that you can work on to help them do that, okay? Even the best employees can become lackadaisical if not challenged, right? Nobody likes the same routine, but if you continually raise the bar in performance, ah, Chris said raise the bar again, you can inspire your employees to realize their potential, okay? So number one, ask for well-considered innovative ideas. So when asked, often employees offer just like half-baked ideas as a way to solve a complex business problem. You know, it's okay to tap into their enthusiasm, but I want you to demand a higher level of intellectual engagement. The other thing is, is if you give them a task, sometimes they just throw stuff at you to get you out of their way. Okay. I want you to up the ante by asking them to develop and present ideas using, using this model. State the idea in 50 words or less. Describe the problem that the idea solves or the opportunity that the idea capitalizes on. Explain how the idea fits within your business's strategic direction and business plan, how it meets the needs of your target audience and is different than current solutions. And then share the expected results along with costs for implementation, ongoing maintenance, things like that. And if you do that the same time every time, then it becomes a formalized process for research and presentation. And if we always expect it to be in this format, then everybody will get on board on and, and do it this way. Again, culture, okay? Number two, point to high-performing peers. Point out examples of high performance demonstrated by peers in the field. These performers could be coworkers. They could be some encountered at local networking events, 20 groups, speakers, or, you know, at professional conferences, things like that. We've got World Pack, STX is coming up. Vision just happened. There are rock stars in those other businesses there that you can point out to these people that they meet and and point to them and say, hey, let's see what we can do to get you to that level. Okay. So spell out the results you've noticed that are most pertinent to the employee's role within your company. It, they can be all kinds of stuff. Okay. Be sure to convey... The, that performance and tactics do not need to mirror those of successful colleagues. Let them be the standard bearers and let them try to reach that. Don't make it so that it's a competition. 
let your people know, however, that they may have greater potential than they realize and extend support for reaching new heights of performance. Okay. Number three, set goals and track results. I talk to people all the time. What's your goals for the year? Ah, be better than last year. We're going to sell more stuff. I just had a 20 group and one of the guys in the group asked, you know, what do you, what do you want? What do you want 2022 to look like? I want to be better. If that's all you've got, then you're never going to get there. You have to set goals and track results. So even for employees, for each employee, establish goals that are in sync with your plan and annual objectives. That goes from the service advisor, general manager, technicians, lot porters, car wash people, uh, production apprentices. Everybody should know what the goal and the plan is, okay? And develop company objectives based on that total. And if it's like for the person that washes the cars, hey, in order for us to be successful, we need you to wash 10 cars a day. If it's technicians, we need, we need you know, you guys to do great DVIs. What's your DVI score? And that's a thing. If you're not scoring your DVIs, then we need to talk about that. Also, how many hours did you produce this week? Service advisors, what's your closing ratio? What's your average estimate? Set the, set the goals. And then, so differentiate goals from day-to-day tasks, right? Which should be specified in a job description for each employee role. I would definitely put these in there. So goals indicate the results you expect as a consequence of performing and selling in those tasks. You know, it can be sales goals, it can be all kinds of things. And then, so you track the results to show that you're serious about holding your employees accountable. Monitor the activities that should lead to expected outcomes. You know, that, that is confirm that the salesperson is making those daily sales calls. If they're doing work but not hitting goals, don't let employees found or guide and coach them to success using goal attainment as an incentive, but track and measure, okay? Number four, correct deficiencies in workplace behaviors. This is a big one because this is one of the things that we let slide. And if we're creating a great culture, can't let it slide. You have to deal with problems that have been ignored or require disciplinary action to be fully resolved. Be clear about workplace standards before addressing noncompliance. Establish attendance policies, Timelines for responding to customer requests, standards of personal contact, communicate rules by employee manuals, orientation sessions, and company meetings. You, as a leader, have to bring persistent deficiencies to the attention of offending staff members. When you have a great culture is when other staff members call people out on their BS. And it doesn't just happen to you, but you have to set the example and you have to let your people start it. Emphasize the importance of proper behavior to laying the foundation for success at work, okay? Implement disciplinary actions if needed. If you don't have an employee handbook, then you can't do anything because you don't have a mechanism to hold anybody accountable to anything. So you have to put the handbook in place and you have to spell out the disciplinary actions in there, okay? Fixing the problems will raise the performance of all employees. Productivity will naturally improve. Amongst those who are working at subpar levels, fellow employees will notice improvements and realize the standards have been raised. And your employees will step up their efforts to differentiate themselves from average performing workers if they're above average and they want to be above average. Number five is a huge one. Set aside time and money for professional training. Again, great for all you shop owners out there that just took your took your people to vision and are taking them to STX. Set aside funds in your annual budget and time in each employee schedule to participate in training sessions. 
You also have to offer staffing coverage so that time away from the workplace doesn't translate to missed deadlines or extra hours for the employee. Add it into your training. If you've taken half your staff to STX, you got to figure out a way to make it for the staff that stays there. You also need to identify appropriate training programs by creating a professional development plan for each employee. Hold one-on-one sessions to discuss career and company-related interests as and, and areas of performance that can be improved through greater skill, proficiency, and knowledge. You have to have, you have, to have a weekly meeting with your employees. Talk about things that are, are going well, and then talk about this professional development plan. Another reason why people leave places is because they don't, there's no plan for advancement or they don't know what their future looks like. People get bored. If you have a professional development plan with a checklist, give them the checklist, say, hey, let's work on this and knock this off. Anytime you have the training that equips employees with skills and knowledge to complete certain tasks, um, it ensures that they perform at baseline levels. Advanced training raises that capacity and confidence in tackling complex problems and, and things that can skyrocket into performance issues, okay? So number six, raise the bar on your performance. We talked about this a little bit earlier, but I'm bringing it up one last time before I close. Challenge yourself along with your employees. Don't hide in your office. Don't hide under the hood of the car. If you pursue higher levels of performance, you'll become a better leader with a deeper understanding of how to uncover obstacles for reaching goals, focusing on behaviors that deliver results. If you do that, you'll think strategically and creatively. You'll deal with your shortcomings, i.e. grow backbone, and integrate new knowledge from day-to-day actions in order to improve. You know, at the same time we're doing all this, your employees will recognize your efforts and your success. And when you do that, you raise the bar for higher performance individually and company-wide. Okay. Hey, everybody. Thanks for taking time out of your busy day to listen. If you haven't found us on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify and followed us for free, then why not? Also, make sure to go and check out some of the other great podcast episodes and presenters on the Aftermarket Radio Network. I'm sure there's someone you care about who can benefit from the talk we had here today. Please feel free to share or forward this episode on to them. This has been Coach Chris Cotton from Autofix Auto Shop Coaching. If you find yourself struggling in your auto repair business or have a feeling like you don't know what you don't know, but you're eager to learn and grow your business, then please feel free to reach out to me. Chris at AutofixSOS.com or call me at 940-400-1008. Time to get out and rise and grind, everybody. Have a great day. You've been listening to the Weekly Blitz with Coach Chris Cotton on the AftermarketRadioNetwork.com. Follow Chris on your favorite podcast listening app. Let him know what you'd like him to cover. His email is in the show notes. Chris is all for advancing the aftermarket.